Right, good morning. Uh, this week's parasha, Parashat Vayera, introduces us to the continued story of Abraham and his nephew Lot. I'd like to, for a moment or two, focus on Lot and uh, the shortcomings of Lot. Lot, at the beginning of this week's parasha, in, introduces or invites in, better yet, the Malachim, the angels who come his way, and treats them very well. He teach, treats them in a way, as Rashi describes, that he learned from Bet Abraham. He grew up, for all intents and purposes, in the household of Abraham. He learned how to do hachnasat orchim in the most appropriate way, to the extent that, in the eyes of the hachamim, Rashi cites it as well, when he says to them, suruna, he's describing coming in in a roundabout way because it would impose danger upon him from the people of Sidon, the invitation of those guests in. So he goes above and beyond. He even endangers his own life in order to bring in guests to his home. It's a fascinating thing that an individual like Lot, living in Sodom, can continue the legacy of a life of Hachnasat Orchim Chesed, which he learned in his uncle's household, that of Abraham. The ironic part, of course, is, well, this is the same Lot whom we read about last week, or yesterday, better yet, the Lot who turns away from Abraham, the Lot who can't embrace a life of just following the word of God. The Lotu, again in the words of the Hachamim, Vayisa Lot Mikedim, the Pasuk says, he was Nasa, not from Kedim in the Peshat, from the East, but rather Mikadmuto Shel Olam, or Kadmono Shel Olam, from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And in the Peshat of the Pesukim, it's a description of Lot abandoning the path of Abraham. So ironically then, you find a Lot who is a little bit torn in terms of his allegiance. On the one hand, he keeps to the chesed of Abraham. On the other hand, he won't keep to the derech Hashem of Abraham, of emunah, of bitachon, of a steadfast commitment to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's, in my mind, ironic but very real. The Gemara Masechet Sanhedrin and Kof Yod tells the rabbi's vision of this individual whose name is On Ben Pelet. On Ben Pelet is, of course, from the story of Korach and the eyes of the rabbis, and it's almost a laugh-out-loud tale until you stop and think about it in our own lives. And I don't only refer to looking at others, but literally in our own lives. The vision is that On Ben Pelet's wife realizes this is the wrong mission for her husband. He shouldn't be a part of the rebellious clan of Korach. And as a result, she's determined that she'll take him away from it. How does she do so? She stands by the entrance to her tent with her hair exposed and therefore keeps the people in the Korach, the Edav Korach, away. They won't come near that woman who's not dressed with the proper tzinyot. They won't engage with a woman whose hair is exposed. It's a laugh out loud moment. Here are individuals who are rebelling against Moshe, the Navi Hashem, and in that same moment, but they're too religious to be able to approach his tent because his wife is not dressed or has exposed her hair inappropriately. It means that each of us, and I think that we can easily, unfortunately, identify with this, have inconsistencies in our Avodat Hashem. So Lot, perhaps, base level, is just a real individual, a person who has that riddled life of inconsistencies, maybe even hypocrisies, whether he's struggling with them or not, I'm not certain, but perhaps baseline, that's an understanding of Lot. But maybe there's something more to it than even that. Maybe it lies in a foundation with regards to who Abraham was and maybe what Lot understood him wrongfully as. Abraham, 
just to demonstrate it from the beginning and end of this week's parasha, was an individual who seems to be always looking. The onset of the parasha, He raises his eyes and he sees those three people, ultimately speaking, angels in the distance. And the end of the parasha, it's, His ability to see the place, from a distance. Two very different sights. He raises his eyes again at the end of the Akedah when he sees the aisle, he finds the ram that he's going to sacrifice. Very different sights, but the same words, same description. One is seeing people. The other is seeing the place of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the place that he's been commanded by God to fulfill his mission in God's and following God's word. Although perhaps the lesson in the life of Abraham is that those sights, those sightings are not really different one from the other, but they're one and the same. And what I mean by that is his ability to see is not only his optic capabilities, the fact that he could physically see. It's seeing in the figurative sense outside of himself. Abraham's not focused on himself. He's rather focused on anything and everything outside of himself. And that includes guests, people, a world, as the Hachamim envisioned gods being found by Abraham through seeing a world outside of himself. Abraham's capability, what he is, who he is, is a person who looks not at himself, but rather at everything outside of himself. It's for that reason that he's at once that founder of sorts of monotheism because he sees a world and a being with a capital B outside of himself, while at the same time seeing people outside of himself. The derech Adonai la'asot sedakao mishpat, which we read about in this week's parasha of Abraham, is not just that it happens to be the path of God as he instructed. It's that is the path of God. The life of Abraham is a life which is lived by looking outside of himself constantly and consistently. And it's that which Lot can't realize and understand. For Lot, there are two separate visions, and unfortunately in our own lives, in our own community and nation, we see this as two different paths. I, on the one hand, am steadfast in my commitment to my mitzvot, adam lamakom. I know how to study Torah, how to pray appropriately, one vision. The other vision is, I alternatively, or at the same time, just at different ways, in a different compartment of my mind, and able to see people, to engage in acts of chesed and mitzvot ben adam lachavero. We bifurcate, we separate between vision of God and vision of human beings. Avraham's greatness is saying it's one and the same because it's anything but myself. The vision of Avraham at the onset of the parasha, therefore of angels as human beings, is not so ironic. It's very telling for Avraham. Rashi says when the Pasuk says, Adonai, Imna Masati Henet, either Lashon Chol, he's referring to the people, or it's Lashon Kodesh, he's referring to Akadosh Baruch Hu. But it's ironically, and in a scary way to say it, one and the same. It's realizing and seeing a master or masters outside of myself. Avraham's greatness, which Lot couldn't pick up on, was that he looked constantly outside of himself, whereas for Lot, it was a derech Hashem, steadfast to following God's word, as well as, and separate from a derech Hashem to do, for Avraham, they were perfectly and carefully intertwined. They were synthesized. They were very much one and the same. It's very telling, therefore, that in the moment where Lot is escaping from Sedom, his wife's 
wrongdoing, her sin, her fatal flaw is sight. She turns around because sight for her can't be just looking outside of myself. It has to be seeing what I'm coming, it has to be my possessions there. It's an internal side instead of being able to look externally. That, in my mind, might underlie this difference, this flaw, ultimately speaking, fl- fatal flaw for Lot, not being able to realize and perceive that Derech Hashem of Abraham is intertwined. I, uh, I once read, more than once read, about a student of, who was a great rabbi, Rabbi Chaim Salavechik. Rabbi Chaim Salavechik is renowned. He's well known for his prowess in Talmudic law. He knew how to deal with Gemara and Halakha in ways that were unprecedented. He died in 1918, but over the course of the latter half of the 19th century and into the beginning of the 20th century, in the Ashkenazic world, certainly he was known as the Gaon Shebag Geonim, and at the same time, on his tombstone, which I visited once, it says one, two words in big, Rav Chesed. He was great in Chesed. As a matter of fact, that's all he wanted it to say. He demanded he, in, in his Sava'ah, in his, in his will to his children, that that be all they write on his tombstone. Ultimately speaking, they wrote a little bit more in the epitaph. But those are the most concrete, standout words, because for Rabbi Chaim Salvechik, it appears to me that although you may have said about him he knew how to study Torah well, you may have said about him he was great and pious in his Avodah Tashem ben Adam Lamakom, there was no conflict, there was no difference. There was a student, in fact, that it's said about was a student of his and then studied with Albert Einstein. His grandson, Rabbi Chaim Salvechik's grandson, uh, my father's rabbi, Rabbi Salvechik, told this story. He said he met this individual more than once and he asked him, tell me about the difference or similarities between my grandfather and Albert Einstein. Uh, so this individual said to him, to tell you the truth in terms of intellectual prowess and capabilities, hard to distinguish. They were both great. Geonim, Sheba Geonim. They were brilliant in their own fields and spheres. I can't really compare them, but I can tell you that the kind, this is when he's already quote-unquote off the path. This is already when he's in the academy of Albert Einstein, when he's practicing a life of physics outside of a life of halakha, it appears to me, he said. But in the small finger of Rabbi Chaim Salavechik, there was more kindness than the entire mind, soul, and heart of Albert Einstein. And it's a description, as I understand, not to say that Albert Einstein wasn't a kind person, I'm convinced, although I don't know much, that he must have been, if we don't know otherwise, but at the same time it's realizing that people have truly integrated their lives to saying and stating to themselves again and again and again, I'm living that life of Abraham, seeing outside of myself, searching for a life, an existence outside of myself. It's not only God that I see then, it's human beings as well, and there's no contradiction, there's no lot contradiction inherent to such a life. When I was younger and in ninth grade in high school, I remember someone in the class asked the rabbi at the time, Rabbi Prague, he said, to, he said to the rabbi, he said, how do we prove the existence of God? Or better yet, how do we know that Judaism is the right religion? So I remember the rabbi laughed a little bit and then he said, chuckled, you know, as if this was a question that was going to be answered in a high school, cl- high, high school classroom or let alone over the course of 15, 20 minutes. But he ultimately speaking said something which stuck with me. Now you could test it in terms of its truth and veracity in your own lives and your own knowledge of world and other religions, but the truth of it nonetheless was very clear to me. He said, look at the great Jewish rabbis and leaders that we know. We don't only speak about their greatness in terms of their mind and in terms of their connection to God. 
we more often than not tell stories about them with regards to their relation to other people. He said if it's a religion which preaches not only understanding of the deity in terms of God's existence and his words, but understanding the world around you as well, it's hard to negate that that sort of religion is a true religion. Now again, I'm not negating other religions, I don't know much about them, but that truth aspect I think is inherent in all the ways and all the deeds of Abraham. It's that which Lot couldn't understand. Lot can move away from God but keep chesed, but that's self-contradictory if you're doing it right. I'll conclude with the famous words of Rashi at the beginning of Parashat Mishpatim. Rashi notices that Parashat Mishpatim, which deals with mitzvot sheben adam lahavero, deals, uh, deals with issues of damages and circumstances where there's conflict between people, comes right after Parashat Yitro, but more specifically right after the mitzvah of building the Mizbeah. And the question in turn is, how is the Mizbeah, which is very clearly directly related to my relationship with God, and not to other human beings, in any way the right segue into the story of Mishpatim, the laws of interpersonal relationships. Says Rashi, we learn from this, the rabbis derive from this, that the same place where the Sanhedrin was to operate, so too was the Mizbeah to be. The Lishkat Gazit was the place where the Sanhedrin would meet, and in turn it needed to be B'makom HaMikdash because there is no two visions in Judaism. The Vaisa'inav of Abraham is the same, it's the identical words, it's the same action, it's the same outpouring of self, seeing a world around himself at the beginning of the parasha, when he sees three people as it is at the end of the parasha, when he sees an animal for sacrifice, when he sees the place which God had commanded him to go to. To understand that about our religion, to understand that about the way of Abraham, is to truly get to the bottom of what it means to be an Oved Hashem, to be an Ohev Hashem. It means to realize that a life of a disparate, disjointed, I'm involved in this which is very good, and in that which is also good, ironically, not so great. Because sure, you're doing many proper things, but your vision is entirely flawed. You're skewed in your perspective, and as a result, when push comes to shove, you're probably going to be making mistakes if you don't know what your mission statement is, if you haven't calibrated and properly aligned your vision. The life of Abraham, therefore, in contrast to the mistakes of Lot, is one which teaches us and instructs us Keep looking outside of yourself. Realize that the life of Abraham is lived best and lived only al derech Hashem, which is la'asot tzedakah u'mishpat, the tzedek u'mishpat of the Sanhedrin, is no contradiction at all. It's directly and fully synthesized and interwoven with the life of the Mikdash of Mizbah Havanim Ta'aseli. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen. Amen.